Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and spoilers for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. <laughs> hey, Bell. How you doing tonight? Man, I'm all right. I'm, I'm a little tired. Uh, this week's been kind of long and I haven't been sleeping well, but I'm excited to talk some Flash. Yeah, man. I hear you. I mean, we've, we've both been running hard this last past week. We've got a lot of things going on, and I, I, don't, I really don't know what your excuse is, man, but um, uh, <laughs> on, on this side of the, uh, the, the parental spectrum... Uh, it, uh, it can be kind of, it can be kind of wearsome, wearsome. Is that a word? I don't know. It can be kind of tiresome sometimes, man. We got an awesome, awesome show planned for you guys. Of course, before we get started, we want to let you know that, you know, Bell and I, we are podcasters. We've got uh, this show. We've got another one called panel to screen, but not only that, we're also web comic creators. And right now we've got a web comic called the brogues where we are taking a look at a particular brogue of interest, uh, cold bro, who is getting into the double dating game. And uh, you're going to want to check that out. So check it out, thebrogues.com, every single Tuesday for a new issue. Uh, and uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it. You better. Yeah. Well, it's, it's Mr. Matthew Bell's art, and that's what's important. Is yeah, it? absolutely. <laughs> the, the Rundown. The Flash, Episode 4, Going Rogue, directed by Glenn Winter, <laughs> appropriately, and a uh, story by Jeff Johns and Kai Yu Wu. Man, Bell, what happened this episode? Uh, well, Dr. Wells begins testing Barry's powers by forcing him to perform multiple tasks as, uh, at super speed. In the middle of the test, a group of men attempt to hijack an armored truck carrying a priceless diamond. Barry races over and stops the crime, as well as in- identifies Leonard Snart from a set of police mugshots. Felicity Smokes arrives to check on Barry after learning that he woke from his coma. Happy to see Felicity, Barry introduces her to his friends at Star Labs. To combat the streak, Snart acquires... I, <laughs> I can't say his last name without... <laughs> I know. It's, it's cracking it's, a smile. It's so difficult. Snart acquires stolen tech from Star Labs, which includes a cryogenic gun. Cisco reveals to Barry that he created the gun to stop Barry should he turn out to be a killer like the other many humans they've encountered. Felicity helps the team locate Snart, who sets a trap for Barry. Cisco, Caitlin, and Felicity arrive... I almost said Felicity. Uh, <laughs> arrive in time to save Barry, and Snart is able to escape. Later, Snart tracks down a former partner who has an affinity for fire and offers a place by Snart's side, taking back Central City from the masked superhero. Yeah, man. I got to tell you, I, I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again this week. Best episode thus far. This was amazing. Best episode ever. <laughs> Pretty much, dude. <laughs> I love Captain Cold, and I was just blown away by how right they got it. Oh, so right. So right. Wentworth Miller is an excellent cast. He, You can tell that he actually gets the character. And uh, I mean, there were a lot of little nods to, you know, the comic book origins of Captain Cold and the fact that they were willing to go full on parka, full on cold gun, you know, none of this. He's wearing a leather whatever. I mean, this is Captain Cold. This is as real a Captain Cold as you're going to get. And it's phenomenal. Yeah, no, it's he was so good because he's just he's so cold, like (laughs) like his delivery, like, you know, everything was just, he, 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 no emotional highs, no emotional lows, not like a joker crazy, you know, he's just very base. Oh dude. Yes. So good. And I mean, he's a mastermind too. When you get, when like he's sitting there and he's going back through how he put together the crime and why they did things the way they did it and everything, you could see the wheels turning in his head. I mean, this, this is a mastermind and that's, what's incredible about getting the character right. I think, I think you're right. I think everybody, I say everybody, a lot of people like to kind of pull in an aspect of the Joker with their character, even if there's no basis for it. For example, on the, on the, you know, BBC series, Sherlock, uh, when they do their interpretation of Moriarty, it's very, very much inspired by, uh, by the Joker, which is not at all what Moriarty is like from the books. And it's an interesting character. And that's, that's a whole nother, you know, topic of conversation, I suppose. But, uh, ultimately I love that they didn't go with that psychopath, you know, mindset. I mean, this is a criminal mastermind and that's who Captain Cold is. Well, I mean, I, honestly, we've been up to our ears in psychopaths. Well, it was so refreshing, like just an icy, cool refreshment that uh, <laughs> this new bad guy, A, wasn't a freak of the week kind of thing. No. And B, wasn't like just, you know, crazy for crazy's sake. Right. No. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, all right, so let's address it. Cold puns, man. They did not shy away. It seemed like every single scene had some sort of cold, cool, frosty, frozen freeze. I, you know, it's all in there. They... They know what they're doing. Uh, they, I mean, honestly, I think they should have, you know, thrown in an Arnold accent at least on one of them. No, but see, here's the thing: they didn't need the Arnold accent because you know what Snart was actually after, right? 
Oh, yeah. Big piece of ice. He's going after that diamond just like Arnold from uh, yeah. Batman and I Robin. need the diamonds to make the, the laser to unfreeze my wife so I can you know, kill her. So for those of you who don't know, back in season zero before the Flash, uh, you know, the, the actual series started, uh, I made, you know, I, I expressed some concerns back then about, you know, I love Captain Cold, but I'm worried about the Batman and Robin interpretation of Mr. Freeze and whether or not that's, you know, ruined the potential of cold-based villains on the screen. Like, would we be too jaded? Would it be too campy? And man, right here, they brought it, they took it back. Yeah, what's nuts about it is though, yeah, they did have the puns here and there, but it wasn't campy. Like, no, I thought his, yeah. his portrayal of the character was just... It was just it, it was exactly what it needed. Like they had the cold puns and all that kind of stuff, but it didn't make the character goofy. Yeah, man. Um, I, hats off to uh, to the to, to the Flash team, man. That it's awesome job all the way around. You know, before we actually, I know we we, we kind of jumped straight into that, but you kind of have to. Uh, but before we really dive too much deeper into the episode, I want to point out that this is the first episode of the Flash where we had absolutely no flashbacks. Interesting. Yeah, and I got to tell you, man. I'm really liking that. I was really concerned that they were going to go full on arrow model where every single episode uh, has some sort of flashback that plays into whatever's going on in the main storyline. And that works really well for arrow, but given the flash's backstory, I don't know that that's something that we need every single week. It was going to get old. And here with this move, we can see that the flash is really taking off uh, in its own direction. And that's, that makes me happy. I'm hoping that we'll get more and more, you know, uniqueness to this corner of that universe. Uh, and I think this is a, a good move. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can agree with that. So also should mention when you first start off with the previously on the flash, that's technically not true, right? I mean, it was kind of previously on arrow. Yeah. <laughs> previously on the flash and on arrow, but that's too long. So just previously on the flash, <laughs> I guess, I guess technically we're considering those two episodes uh, or actually a couple of episodes from arrow, uh, to be part of the Flash canon. I mean, it makes sense. It's part of the universe canon, but if they're calling it part, you know, previously on the Flash, I don't know. Yeah. I... Technicality, I know. <laughs> well, okay, hold on. Did they did they do the Barry Allen stuff in the pilot? They, they had those scenes, right, where he's where he's. Yes, they had the scenes where he got um, struck by lightning. So technically, technically, it was previously on Flash. Uh, yeah. Although you know. before it was on Flash, it was on Arrow, but yep. it was shown again on Flash, so it's previously on Flash. All right, all right, fair enough. Previously, previously on Arrow. Like I said, it's it's a technicality. It's not that big a deal, but I <laughs> just <laughs> did think it was funny. Uh, you know, when we first, we jump in, we see that the Flash is going back and forth between uh, ping pong, chess, and operation. Yes, which is a very difficult board game to do at any sort of speed whatsoever, so I'm very surprised that he was able that that's more impressive to me than the ping pong was <laughs> able to like play operation at speed and not screw up. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. It doesn't even matter if you like slow down to berry time. I mean, you still got to, you know, hold the fingers steady. And I got to yeah. imagine for a guy who can shake his fingers, you know, like, I mean, we've seen him before as he was, uh, you know, swirling around centrifuge. Yeah. So it's pretty impressive that he can hold his, uh, hold his fingers. that still all things considered. Oh yeah. I get jitters, man. I can't do it. I, I could never be a surgeon. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> my hand, like when I, 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 you know, paint miniatures and stuff like that, and uh, I have to drink in order to make my hands stable enough so that I can paint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Man. <laughs> but if I go too far, then it's like too wobbly, you know? Yeah. One thing I thought was kind of funny I, the, on, on a first viewing is as he's going back and forth, he's doing little, you know, smart talk and, and kind of, you know, getting into the different competitive things that he's doing. And uh, even though he's moving at super speed, he's not talking at super speed, and yet we hear the ping pong ball in the background. And, and, and plus, he spent a lot of time at the chess table. You would think that Cisco would have earned a point, <laughs> right? I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think you know. I, he says that he won that, and I, I think like, well, what do you consider winning? Because clearly, the ball went off the table a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, it had to. Have. Maybe he <laughs> saved it. Maybe he, you know, got it down to the ground and had this really awesome like lob shot or something that he just. You know, got it back up there. I don't know. That might be stretching, but hey, you know, it's science and it's physics, right? So (laughs) (laughs) we'll run with it. Yeah. Uh, I see what you did there. Uh, Hey, man. All right. So one thing, too, about that scene before we move on, a lot of people are harping in on something that Wells said specifically. Uh, He said, I want to remember the quote exactly, but it's basically you still have much to learn, Mr. Allen, don't we? And so a lot of people are pointing out that, you know, since he said we, in the second half of that statement, uh, it, it adds to the the theory that Harrison Wells is actually Barry Allen from the future. What do you think about that? Hmm, that's interesting. 
But it, there, there's also another part. Did you notice this when he's running on the treadmill with Felicity in there where she's asking how fast can he run? And he says he hasn't uh, he hasn't reached his top speed, theoretically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot of nods to the future H.G. Wells throughout the episode. I mean, he even talks about Felicity and basically knowing what the future holds for her and who she'll become. And it also made me realize for the first time that, you know, it's no coincidence that Killer Frost, the future Killer Frost and the future Vibe are working together. Harrison Wells, H.G. Wells is clearly picking out people of significance prior to them rising to, you know, super heroedom or super villainy. And, uh, and putting them in this place for some reason. So so I, this is new to me, though, that uh, Harrison Wells is actually buried from the future. Well, I've seen that theory floating around, and I've, I've kind of ultimately discounted it to, to you know, I, I, after the pilot, I would have said maybe. But after he stabs a dude, I'm sorry, that, that that's not Barry Allen. Yeah, Even yeah. in an alternate future where things go bad, I cannot believe that Barry Allen of any kind... Uh, would turn into a cold-blooded killer like that, especially just for the you know just for the mindset of I want to protect Barry. I mean, the obsessive compulsion to do everything he can for Barry actually matches another character, Eobard Thawne, prior to his becoming a villain. So, I, I feel like that you know I, I I'm I'm good with my theory. I'm, I'm still sticking with it one way or the other. Yeah, Harrison Wells comes off to me as way more of like an obsessed fan than say a future Barry. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed. And I mean, like that comes off a couple of times. Not only do we get the, uh, you know, with Felicity says, I assure you he is in the best possible hands. And he says it in kind of a creepy way. Um, But when, you know, when Captain Cold gets his gun, you know, this is not part of Harrison Wells or H.G. Wells plan. He grabs vibe and goes all crazy. I'm about to stab you right in his face. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, had it had it not been vibe, had it been someone else, that person would be dead. Oh, They'd be totally dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a reason that H.G. Wells wants vibe alive still. We don't know what that is, but he would have killed him if not for it being vibe. Yeah, absolutely. By, by the way, I like vibe again. I know this changes every single episode, but vibe is I'm now back on. Uh, uh, he's now back on my good side. Yeah, I, I mean, he's always been on my good side. Let, let, let's face it. But yeah, you, you got to get some consistency, man. You need to eat some fiber. Well, he's all it, over the place. I, 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 yeah, I hear what you're saying. I like when he has moments to shine, and I don't think that he works well. I, I don't think those moments happen enough for me to be able to have that consistent liking of him because I don't like him as a background character. That's really what what it comes down to. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think he's, uh, I, I don't think he's very inconsistent. Like, I think he's, I think he's been, you know, he's serious when he needs to be serious, and he's goofy every every other time. And I, I think I, he's been consistent with that the whole time. Yeah, but I mean, it's, he's he's consistent in his inconsistency, I guess. But he seems to go from being, like you say, really really happy and excited to really really sad and depressed. Like, there's no, I, I haven't quite seen him not putting on a facade, if you will. Given the circle, well, I think his facade is his normal happy-go-luckiness, and then when reality breaks in and he realizes that something bad happened. And it's his fault. That's when he goes into his serious mode. And he's like, I, at this point in time, can't be my normal self. I have to put on serious face because I did something bad and I need yeah. to, you know. Yeah. Well, I hope they give him an opportunity to, to kind of to flesh that out instead of just kind of these. If, if, they, if he gets more opportunities to kind of flesh that out, then I'm sure I'm, I'm going to like him more. Uh, but like I said, he's definitely on my good side this episode. Uh, I actually really, really love the fact that he invented the cold gun as kind of a kryptonite to the Flash. Yeah. Like that's the fact that he even would think of that. I would have never expected Vibe to do something like that. That seems totally different from what we've understood of the character. So it's like moments like this, you know, this is a man with a plan. He's not just the goofball in the background. This is somebody who is actually thinking about, you know, the good of, you know, the good of Central City. Yeah, and I thought that was really neat too because you know it, it shows that he's that that he's not yeah like you said he's not just some goofy little kid he realizes the implications of this so he knows that there are these metahumans he knows that Barry can run fast so he knows if Barry doesn't turn out right that there's that they got to find a way to stop him right and so you know that it's that forethought that he's putting into this whole thing that that really just shows that he's not just this little goofball right. You know, the he, he they say, you know, he, he very specifically invented that weapon. Uh, and Star Labs apparently does have a couple of different weapons, right? Because even though H.G. Uh, Wells says he doesn't like weapons, he doesn't want them there. I mean, there's that gun. There's what we can kind of assume to be the heat gun. Or not even assume. They said it specifically. Yeah. And then also they passed right by it. But there was a big pulse gun or something like that that was actually used in an episode of Arrow. 
It was the first thing as they're panning over the table of weapons, and it's just blinking, you'll miss it. But but it is a gun that we have seen at Star Labs. In fact, we saw Cisco specifically use that. I can't remember who it was against, but um, but but he did use that in Arrow. Despite not liking the weapons, they they do produce them, and they have produced them in the past. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you got to keep your people safe, right, I guess. No Sherlock Barry in this one. When he shows up on the scene, he's talking from memory. He's not doing his <laughs> Sherlock thing. And he's very bad at making excuses. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, because, you know, that's what I would have done. I mean, that's definitely a four-seater car. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's four-person truck, definitely. It's like, like can, can you do any better to try and implicate yourself in a robbery where it's like, <laughs> right. yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely four. How do you know that? Uh, that's a four-person truck. And that's what I would have done, so. And, yeah, that's what I would have done if I were to rob it, which I didn't. So don't, you know, think that I did because I'm telling you all this stuff that no one could have possibly inferred. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he plays it off okay, but I, I do love seeing Sherlock Barry. I I would actually like to start seeing that play more of a part, not just when he's on, you know, off the clock, so to speak, but when he actually is the Flash. It'd be cool to have him, you know, super speed onto a crime scene, do the Sherlock thing, and then go off to find whoever it is that did it. Yeah, like <laughs> even have him come in as Barry's super speed, and like because he's late all all the time. Super speed in, do a Sherlock thing in super speed. Ooh, that'd be kind of cool. And then he shows up and they're like, Barry, you better have got something for me. You're late. And he's like, yeah, I noticed this, this, and this. And <laughs> yeah. I think that would be cool. During the robbery where he actually shows up and, uh, you know, and actually stops it, it's the first time that Cold gets a chance to see the Flash in, in action. And in fact, you know, he gets just real quick. The street comes in, the street leaves. But then one of his men shoots the guard and then the Flash comes back. And that's where it clicks with Cold that... You know, not only is this a man and a man who needs to be slowed down, but somebody whose biggest weakness is protecting people. And that's a that's a core concept when it comes to supervillains. Right. Is that yeah. the the trick to understanding the hero and to getting to the hero is not actually to attack him directly, but to attack civilians. And so to see cold kind of piece this together and what that ultimately uh, leads up to with the fight inside the uh, the theater, that was awesome. Yeah, because it's neat because, you know, he he sits there and he sees, okay, the Flash comes back after this guy, uh, guard got shot. Hmm, let's test this theory in this theater. Yep, it's exactly what I thought. So now I can use this against him. Yay! Exactly. <laughs> you know, I tweeted this out, and I know that you haven't played very far in Arkham City, uh, but there is a level where you're in the Penguins Club, the uh, the Iceberg Lounge, and uh, and he is in the theater, and he's got, Ca or not Captain Cold, but he's got Mr. Freeze's gun. And you have to kind of run around while he's shooting you. And it felt very, very similar to that fight scene. Hmm, interesting. There wasn't the civilians aspect, but just the whole, I mean, almost like the layout and the way that, you know, he's in the center, he's shooting around, and you have to kind of go around in order to not get hit. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or if it's just, you know, <laughs> I don't know. But it, it, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's neat. I do hope, I mean, I love that, um, you know, thinking about it we've got captain cold now we've got a future killer frost it would be cool to see uh see kind of some sort of like three or four team ups of, of uh cold villains yeah see that's what i'm wondering if they're gonna do because like clearly we're, we're gonna have the rogues there they're gonna come in and, and oh, yes. leonard you know he's building his his army or or group of followers or whatever but i think it'd be also cool amongst the rogues to have like fire villains kind of team up and do stuff frost villains team up and do stuff you know, these different kind of subgroups, right? I think that would be really neat. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Of course, like you already mentioned it, but he is putting together the rogues and, and he's got his little club, not the our dads are all in prison club that Barry suggested, uh, but a much cooler club of supervillains. Yes. So when we actually see, you know, Barry's able to actually establish who Snart is because he saw his face at the scene of the crime. Uh, you know, Papa Joe is getting into this, man. He is really liking have, or he's really liking, you know, this direct connection with the Flash. Oh, yeah. It's a big help. It, it's, it's, it makes his job so much easier. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, pretty soon, once Barry gets this down, there's really not going to be that much needed for a police force, <laughs> let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. They talk about it. They're going in. Uh, and then he turns the corner. I guess he's actually with Iris at this point, but he ends up turning the corner. And who should appear but Felicity Smoke? Yep. And she is smoking. <laughs> Had to do it. <laughs> I wonder if that was like, you know, something they thought of when they made her last name smoke i don't know that's a good question but uh there was a lot of smoke in this episode because where there's smoke there's fire but there was no fire there was fire when barry was showing off he was running up the building running back and his shoes caught on fire 
Well, that's true, but I mean, which, there's... by the way, really cool way to show off that power set. Yeah, take a picture from somebody at the top of a building, dude. It wasn't just that. I don't know if you noticed, but when he went up to the top of the building to take the picture, he shouted out "woohoo" like he yeah, likes to do, yeah. and he <laughs> made it back before before the sound. Yeah, <laughs> how awesome was that? That was really neat. Faster than the speed of sound. Like, like how bad? I'm just I'm impressed that they actually have that kind of detail to the way that his power set works and and. You know, we, we, we give him a hard time all the time because of the physics, but when that kind of stuff happens, you know, you gotta, you gotta give him kind of a, a sci-fi high five, right? Yeah. Yeah. This episode was, was kind of, you know, a physics nightmare. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? There was something that was kind of a OMG science moment. What was it? Oh, speed and cold are opposites. Well, okay. So speed, yeah. The speed and cold and opposites line was, 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 was OMG science, but the follow-up bit kind of redeemed it. And the fact that he's saying, you know, temperature, oh, yeah. molecules. Yeah. But so, like the so, sound bite was like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I hand waved that one because the follow-up sentence made it make sense. So he's basically trying to explain that. Right. right. But the, the big thing was the whole absolute zero thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can't really get something to absolute zero. It's, it's kind of impossible. Well, you can't, but vibe can. Well, uh, clearly, clearly, because we understand more about physics thanks to Harrison Wells and his particle accelerator. Well, we don't actually understand more about physics thanks to Harrison Wells and his particle accelerator. Well, we were supposed to, then it exploded. Then it exploded. So Felicity joins the team, man. Yeah. At least for an episode. And uh, last week you said, I don't get it. What, what, what is it that she brings? And I said, you know, Felicity has a kind of a certain something that she adds to the team and to the dynamic over on Arrow. I think she would be a really good fit on this team. Tell me, Bella, as somebody who doesn't really have the experience with the character, I mean, I know you saw the two episodes of Arrow, but beyond that, uh, what did you think about Felicity coming on and joining the team? Uh, well, as far as her team interactions with Barry go, uh, you know, she, she was able to just hop in and, and help them uh, complete their plan to track the cold gun in all of 15 seconds, which was pretty, pretty awesome. So clearly she has skills there. Uh, but I think the most interesting interaction between her and Barry was on the double date where <laughs> she basically just makes Barry like extremely vulnerable. Like he, he just feels like he's like so awkward kind of when he sees her and stuff. And it's, it's, it's really interesting. What is awkward? Cause when they last saw each other, they were, you know, they were kind of, Hey, would this work? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. And you know, then it's like, Oh, she shows up. Okay. You know, yeah, he's like, all right. I've, I've kind of been giggity, doing... giggity. Giggity <laughs> <laughs> Look, he is not like that. We, we gave, we get, you know, we made mention of the fact that, uh, Barry pretty much has no game. But I got to tell you, man, I know this is jumping to the end, but that whole super speeding onto the uh, onto the train and then kissing her and then right after the kiss, super speeding off. That's a baller move. Yeah, I tried that once, but uh, I uh, couldn't really catch up to the train and ended up just getting winded and throwing up. So it wasn't very <laughs> romantic. That's awesome. They, they don't let you do that. You can't like run on train tracks anymore. They get mad at you and like arrest you and think you're a terrorist and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, I was running to my girlfriend. I wanted her to stay in town. And they're like, yeah, whatever. You're going to jail. Well, you know, trains are technically still the safest way to travel. I think that's planes. Oh, dude, I loved that Superman reference. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, so speaking of Superman, you know, back on Smallville, when they couldn't refer to Clark as Superman because the rules, I guess. Uh, he was always kind of referred to as the Blur. And here we actually see that the Flash is not just called the Streak. Some people are calling him a Blur. Some people are calling him the Red Blur. Some people are calling him the Streak, the Red Streak. I actually kind of like the fact that since he hasn't fully established himself yet, that he's not being labeled with Blur or Streak, but that a lot of people are just trying to figure out what to describe him. Yeah, and it was really cool, though, because, uh, I, you know, that, that part where he's talking to Papa West... And he's like, you know, it, it's cool because the street got there just in time. And he's like, are you referring to yourself in the third person? And he's like, well, you know, no, nah, not really. But I think I got a better name than the streak. The flat Iris. <laughs> hey, Iris, what's up? Can't talk yeah. about it with you. You still dating pretty, pretty Ricky? Which, by the way, here's the thing with that. I know it's I know we're supposed to call him Eddie. But every single time I see him, I want to call him Pretty Ricky because of the Pretty Boy Detective thing, or Detective Pretty Boy thing, and the fact that he's played by Rick Cosnett. And so I combine that to Pretty Ricky, which is also what uh, one of the characters from uh, the movie Barbershop was called. And so it just, I don't know, for some reason it always kind of comes back to Pretty Ricky, but I just need to call him Eddie. <laughs> Cold monologuing. It's great to see that uh, not only is he very, you know, he's, he's very cool and collected, so to speak. Um, he is also, you know, he's got that, that super comic booky nature to him without it being overly campy. He is 
telling what his plans are and he's talking about how he's thinking about the job in a way he's never thought about it before and you know just how his entire persona is being changed because of the existence of the flash it's that escalation nature of of batman begins because we now have the hero the villains aren't going to be just your run-of-the-mill villains something's going to change and uh and we're we, we are seeing that in action not just because we have metahumans because i mean the rogues probably for the most part or yeah probably for the most part are not going to be metahumans yeah I mean, I know we got Weather Wizard who is, although at the same time, we don't actually know how Mark, when he shows up on the scene, if he is actually going to be a metahuman or if because of what happened to Clyde, he's going to find a way to control the weather, you know, through technology rather than, you know, meta. So Felicity definitely has a future, you know, uh, Harrison Wells recognizes her immediately. She recognizes Harrison. Um she gets a chance to kind of get get involved with Team Flash. She gets to see the cosmic treadmill, and uh, I love that Barry was kind of you know doing that cutesy showing off. Hey, want to see how run how fast I can run backwards? You know, <laughs> yeah, all that good stuff. Flings himself off the treadmill, and the great line by Caitlin's like he heals fast too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, yeah, man. Look, and Felicity getting out there and covering for him too, and just kind of the play on just how different Barry is from Oliver. You know, he's like, well, if it's Oliver, I could tell him he's with a girl or he's hungover or he's out, at, you know, la la la. And he's like, yeah, none of that's going to work for me. She's like, well, how about explosive diarrhea? It's like, it works. <laughs> See, I, the one thing I, that I was hoping for in that episode was them to revisit that and say something. And maybe they'll do it next episode. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, because I, I, I want to see how intuitive uh, Iris is being about this whole thing. Oh, you know, Iris, she's clearly not intuitive at all, at all if she doesn't know what's going on with Barry. Well, that, that's true, but she seems to be pretty intuitive about the streak. A lot of people are saying that they're really selling the Iris Berry brother-sister relationship a little bit too hard, and it's actually becoming more creepy for more people that he is, um, you know, that this is not uh, this is not too close friends, but this is getting closer and closer to a Lannister situation. <laughs> Which it's not. It's not people. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really pick up on that. Like you know, they 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 grew up together, but they aren't. It's not like he was adopted. It's not like they're half brother and sister or anything like that. They just grew up together. Yeah. And they're really close, and they're 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 for her their closeness is a real deep friendship, but for him clearly it's not, and that's why she's oblivious to it. Is because she just feels this close friendship with him that that she's like, no, we grew up together. Barry could never possibly like me because we're friends. We're such good friends. Well, do you remember the? Um, did you ever watch Arrested Development? Uh, I've seen a lot of episodes, but I haven't seen all of it. All right. I'm going to spoil something in that, in that series for you. Now, I mean, it's been years, so I'm not going to feel too bad about this, but, uh, you know, there's the character, the, the son, John, uh, George Michael. Yeah. And, uh, he's constantly dealing with this, uh, confusing crush that he has on his cousin. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it turns out that, uh, maybe that they are not actually cousins that, that, uh, she threw a, you know, a, her mom was adopted and therefore, you know, they're in no way actually relatives other than, you know, just part of the family structure as it is. And so George Michael thinks this is great, but then his dad explains to him like, look, you, that you still can't date her because she's family. Even though, even though, you know, you, you're, she's not like biologically family, you know, what does that mean? If, if things don't work out, you can't just be broken up with your cousin. She's still going to be your cousin. And, uh, and so that's probably the most similar situation and, and probably the best argument for why these two can't date is even though, you know, even though they are not actually brother and sister, they are family. And that's where I can see how things get weird. Well, the difference here being is that George Michaels and maybe are young and still live at home, whereas Barry and Iris... We don't, Barry dude, I, hang on now. We don't know where Barry and Iris live. We have never seen Barry at home anywhere. We have never seen Iris at home anywhere. As far as I know, know they're still living with Papa Joe. We've seen Iris at home. At Papa Joe's? Yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. So we know that she's still living at home. We don't know that Barry's not. That's true. We don't know where Barry lives. We have no... For all we know, he's living... Like, he's, you know, camping out in the loft Pretori. It could be. I, mean, I would assume he has his own apartment. I, or maybe he lives at Star Labs. I don't know. You but. can assume whatever you want. They have yet to show it, so we'll we'll find out. I mean, we know that what he does on his off day is he's uh you know playing at uh, at Star Labs. So maybe uh, that's the other thing. You know, I hadn't thought about it like this, but he was out for nine months, right? Yeah. So if you're out for nine months, technically, if he was renting, his apartment's probably no longer his. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm thinking Star Labs took care of all that kind of stuff for him. 
Mm. Or, 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 or maybe, you know, HG, I, I would imagine that HG Wells took care of it by shutting that down so that he'd have to live at the lab. He, he might actually be living at our star labs. I haven't thought about it like that. Could be. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what, uh, what comes of it. Oh, got to mention the Bumblebee moment, uh, with, uh, Eddie and Papa Joe in the car and he's like, uh, this is uncomfortable. Let's listen to music. And you get, <laughs> let's get it on. There's the singing, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was I mentioned earlier in the chat now, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, like how awkward is that when you're in the car with, you know, your significant others, parents and, you know, it's like, Oh, let's listen to the radio. And it's like always, he's like, you know, songs that you would never, ever want to listen to with the parents of your significant other. All right, I got to mention this, the trivia the trivia game. Man, I have never seen a coffee shop put on a trivia game last minute that involved so many, you know, blinking lights and, you know, they redecorated the entire thing and I don't know. It just seemed uh I don't think that so okay, I wouldn't doubt that there's trivia like that somewhere, but uh most it, of the trivia that I've been to has been like bar trivia that's just really you know, it's a person with a microphone and a speaker and they just speak into it. Okay, so here's the thing, man. If you don't know that, you live in Austin. So if they don't do trivia like that in Austin, they don't do trivia like that anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess well, Central City, but you know. It's it's the tech. Now, now if you play trivia like in a place like uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, it's a little bit similar. Yeah. Because they have that little device. And I would assume if you're an upscale place in a rich neighborhood, you might actually have tablets. Yeah, I guess that makes some sense. I did love the team name, the E equals MC Hammer. Uh, I was not too thrilled about the Star Wars team because they had uh, Luke Skywalker. The guy dressed as Luke Skywalker had a Darth Vader uh, lightsaber. Come on, people. And I'm pretty sure his wife was dressed as Leia. Yeah, well, there you go. Maybe maybe it's uh, this overt brother-sister thing that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> Dude, that's what, it is. that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to just, you know. Lannister the place up. That's exactly yep. what they're trying to do. Crazy. Yep. Um, all right, so we talked about Vibe uh, stepping up, although we didn't talk about the fact that he does save the day with the um, with the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> the, the LED vacuum cleaner, yeah. That was brilliant. <laughs> I loved that. He was like, I couldn't shoot him anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but the best thing, though, is when Cisco tells him, he's like, you know, put the gun down, Captain Cold, and he just kind of like just tilts his head back and just smiles. Dude, like he, just, he loves it. <laughs> yeah, he embraces it. You could tell. That was awesome. Yeah, and, and the funny thing about that whole situation is I'm pretty sure he knew that that gun was fake, and he's just like, you know what, screw it. I've I, I know what I need to know about everybody here to, to beat this guy, so I'll, I'll let him have their little victory, and he just walks off. Yeah, well, and the other thing, too, is, I mean, he says very specifically that he doesn't kill unless it's necessary. He doesn't kill yeah. cops or guards unless it's necessary, and so here, he doesn't hate Barry. If anything, he really has kind of this appreciation for what Barry is and what that means for the future of his criminal career. And, um, you know, he's not going to be just this, you know, this, this hired gun or this hired hand or this mastermind that's brought in. He is actually going to become an icon, same as Barry is. And so he is all about what is about to happen in just kind of the dynamic of crime and law and everything else that is in central city. Well, he's found a worthy adversary. Yes. Like that, that's the, the, the game changer that he was talking about. Uh, about like you know looking at his whole profession i think what he's talking about there is he's found an adversary yeah as opposed to doing this just for you know petty theft and gain and stuff like that he's found a reason to do it other than just personal gain yeah and i think that's more powerful than getting money to do you know to, to buy stuff or whatever it's you know working hard to to defeat somebody that you deem worthy and so i would say that captain cole definitely won round one even though you know, Barry ended up saving the day and all that kind of stuff. Well, so I guess Cisco, yeah, <laughs> Cisco and the team really saved the day. But I think Captain Cold left this situation with uh, with the upper hand. I, I I completely agree, and I love that. I, I as much obviously as we want to see our heroes win. Um, it's nice to see they're not invincible. It's nice to see that they actually have somebody that can go toe to toe with them. And Captain Cold is definitely that. So that is awesome. You know, I got to mention we talked about a lot of the fight scenes and everything. The effects continue to just blow like blow me away every single week. And I think probably the biggest moment was that train rescue. No, that was so cool. That was incredible. And if you noticed the way, like the way his eyes lit up and even just the effects as he's running, I mean, he is tapping into the speed force in a way we have not seen yet. Yeah, because he's definitely moving at a speed that he hasn't done yet. I mean, like he moved, uh, what was it, like seven hundred something miles an hour to defeat Weather Wizard. Yeah, because uh, he had to run. He ran, you know, ran in circles. We had the 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 eye thing there, but this, 
I mean, like time was almost slowed to nothing. Like people were moving extremely slow. And so he had to have been going very, very, very fast to save all those people in that split, you know, second of time. And he was almost like willing himself through reality too. I mean, he, he was running, but at times he was like almost floating and flying through. It was incredible. Well, you know, momentum and stuff like that, I'm sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But um, imagine that kind of momentum in Barry time, right? In, in where everything's slowed down, what that must feel like. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Uh, the, the way that the kind of special effects kind of highlighted him differently in that, that moment was great. I realized something this episode that um, I think that has kind of built to a, a point with me, and that is his costume. Uh, you know, when they first announced the costume, I was really excited about it, really loved that they were going with a legitimate costume and not just, you know, a guy with glasses or something like that. And to see it in action is pretty awesome. But at the same time, I think it's starting to become more and more evident that that costume is not going to last. Like he, it's too dark. Uh, you know, everybody kind of talked about the fact that it was too bulky, but I, I think that it is too much of a functional costume. It's not too, it's not very super heroic in the, in the bright kind of sense. You know what I mean? Well, it works so much better in daylight than it does at night. This is true. And I mean, we have seen him operate a lot in at night. But we are going to, you know, we are going to start to see as he becomes the Flash, he's not going to just be the guy who runs in, saves the day, and nobody knows who it is. He's going to have to kind of be a a symbol, I guess. He's going to have to be a, a presence and a, and a kind of a spokesperson for, you know, truth, justice, and the Central City way, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. So what, do you uh, think happens. they'll take the suit in a different direction? Like is a brighter color scheme, more skin tight? Like what do you think? Well, I know that ultimately, based on the the you know future ten years later costume, it, it is brighter. It's bright red. It is. Uh, it seems to be more skin tight. So we know that ultimately that's the the direction they're going to go in. But I do hope that the next mark or you know the next design that we see Cisco throw together is going to be a little bit more vibrant, <laughs> vibrant, <laughs> and a bit more colorful as well. That would be great. Yeah. I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, all right, man. You mentioned a couple of, uh, of references and Easter eggs throughout. A couple that I noticed, you got the Black Hawk security squad. Did you did you catch that one? I didn't see that one, no. So the Black Hawks was, uh, that's a, a team that, if I'm not mistaken, was is kind of a World War II comic book. It's these uh, um, uh, fighter pilots that operated at World War II. I remember specifically on Justice League Unlimited uh, that they even had like Black Hawk Island and some of the surviving members of that team had to join up with a hawk girl and go and defend uh, the island from Gorilla Grodd, who was actually going in and stealing some stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, the Kondak Dynasty. I don't know how to say that. Oh, the the, uh, the where the diamond was from? Where the diamond was from. Now, that is actually connected to Shazam. Ooh. And I think actually more specifically Black Adam. I could be wrong on that. That's not well, really my forte. Yeah, so so I would think it would be Black Adam because Black Adam was like an actual Egyptian dude guy, and that diamond must have been from his dynasty because he's he's old, right? He's old as dirt. Right. Yeah, because he got his powers back in the day, whereas Billy Batson got them more recently. So, yeah, that's cool. That Dude, how cool would it be if, uh, you know, The Rock shows up as Black Adam <laughs> fights the Flash? That would be, oh, dude, dude. No, they're not going to do that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. What else do you catch, man? Uh, so I, I, uh, full disclosure, when I first saw the name, I wasn't sure exactly who he was, but, uh, I noticed when good old Captain Cold's in the museum, one guy sees him and starts to place a phone call to Papa West. And you look at his name tag and his name is Dexter Miles. And so at first I was like, Dexter, okay, they're showing this for a reason. Who is this guy? So I Google him and Dexter Miles is the curator for the Flash Museum. Hey, 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 nice catch, Bell. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so we uh, <laughs> we know where his career is going to go. Yeah, I, I think he's probably going to curate the Flash Museum <laughs> at some point in the future. That's, that's a, it's a wild guess, straight out of left field, but I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know where that could come from. I love that he was like, um, you, know, you said to call if there's any suspicious activity. Uh, this guy saw the exhibit twice. <laughs> yeah, it's like nobody does that. <laughs> and not only that, he keeps on giving gum to kids. What? So, okay, so I, uh, yeah, that was, that was another thing. Uh, when he gave him the gum, I thought that was going to have something to do with red light, green light. No, 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 no. Uh, something to do with like counteracting the effects of the cold gun or something like that. Because mm. he gives him the gun, or he gives the gum to the kid, then he eats a piece himself. 
And so I was thinking maybe he was about to do something, and they'd explain later that the gum actually had some sort of effect. And I guess he didn't want the kid to be in trouble or something like that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I think. Um, I think it might have been just a way to kind of make us like him a little bit, right? He's like hanging out, and he's seeing the exhibit, and he's kind of making small talk with a kid, and it's not like in a creepy way. It's kind of in a, oh, okay. He's got kind of a soft spot for kids, kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was thinking that they would pursue that, but yeah, apparently it, was, it had nothing to do with anything. But it was a, a, an interesting way, kind of, I guess, like a peek into into his character. Yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right. All right, I will give you one thing. Oswald Loomis, do you know who that is? Oswald Loomis. Uh, that's uh, the child of the penguin and a light bulb. Uh, no, he is the guy that was actually doing the, uh, the, the uh, gosh, what's it called? Trivia. He was actually doing the trivia night. And uh, he will possibly, uh, it might be a completely different Oswald Loomis, but with a name like that, uh, he is actually the uh, the trickster. Really? Yeah. No, not the, oh. I'm sorry, not the trickster, the prankster. Not sure how I got those two met, <laughs> mixed yeah, up. like Mark Hamill's the trickster. Yeah, no, 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 no. Actually, the, the guy that armed uh, Captain Cold, for a moment there, I thought that maybe he was going to end up being uh, the trickster. But uh, but then of course he died. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. That did well, we didn't see him die. He well, yeah, we did. He got no, shot. He, and moved off screen. Never yeah, I thought yeah. it was like an all. Yeah, yeah. No, he met he met a frosty end. Let's uh, let's put it that way. Parka and the goggles. The goggles are growing on me. At first, I was kind of I was kind of upset that they didn't make it like the whole like Arctic style slit view. But I like these. I, I I like the goggles now with the parka. That one scene where he's got the parka over his head and he's got the goggles and you can barely see his face, kind of illuminated. Yeah, I was like, that's Captain Cold. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, dude. Look, they they blew it out of the water. This was absolutely the best uh, the best episode that we've gotten thus far. Um, I don't. I mean, I, I honestly don't know another show that has consistently been this good every single week, and not just this good, but actually builds on itself every single week to become just something awesome. And you know, when we come back November eleventh. We're going to have something even more awesome. We're not going to get one rogue. We're actually going to get the beginning of the formation of the rogues, and that's awesome. I can't wait to see Captain Cold and, uh, you know, the, the rogues on the screen again, man. Newsflash. Joining us this evening, uh, she is the mastermind behind FlashFans.org and the at CWFlans on Twitter. We got B. B, how you doing? Hello. Hello, B. Hello. We've uh, we've got some awesome news that's happening in the uh, the Flash community, and and honestly, this is a be- the best person to have on the show. I mean, at FlashFans.org, you are you've got your thumb on the pulse. Uh, I try. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we did find out that we do get a Linda Park that will be joining the cast of the Flash with Melissa. Is it Jow or is it Yao? It's Melise Jow. Melise Jow. Thank you for keeping yeah. us honest here. So, I mean, Linda Park, I mean, this is obviously, if we're going to get a Wally West, I mean, could we potentially see a love triangle forming up with, uh, with Linda Carter, Linda Carter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wonder Woman's going to show up too. Yeah. With Linda Park and Barry Allen and Wally West. Um, not as such. No, (laughs) I I would doubt it as well. What do you think and be about this casting? Uh, I love the actress. She was on Starcrossed on CW until it got cancelled. She's wonderful. I'm really excited about seeing her in this role. Excellent. Yeah. No. I, am I am I not mistaken? I thought I saw that she was also on the Social Network, the movie. She It'll... was also on the Vampire Diaries as well. So tell me this though. I mean, a lot of people have made mention of the fact that we got to see a Linda Linda Park in the pilot, and I can't quite remember that that was confirmed. Do you recall, B? Uh, she did say her name, I believe. Okay. All right. So this at is at some point in the um, stream that Barry was watching. I do think she said that she was Linda Park. Gotcha. So this very well could be just kind of a recasting of a character that we've seen already. Yeah. Or it could just be another Asian lady called Linda Park. <laughs> well, you know, Park is a pretty uh, common name. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll see what we get with that. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be uh, discussed. If it needs to be. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what that's what those throwaway lines are for, right? It's patching yeah. up the continuity. Yeah. Of course, the big <laughs> week that came out this week is that the Flash premiere, premiere. We knew it was huge, but it was actually the most watched program in network history. Record breaking like, premiere. That's like insane. CW network history or like network network history. CW network history. 
Okay. But you got to think, man, this the CW is, I mean, they have had some pretty heavy hitters behind them. I mean, this is not small potatoes. This is huge. No, no, no. no. It's, it's still, yeah, it's massive. Like, that's awesome. I just didn't know if it was like, you know, crazy. This is the most watched show ever in the history of television because <laughs> that would be, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, because it's a great show, but. Well, there still are be- still people watching it. So the number as it stands across all, all platforms now is 13 million. Oh wow. my gosh. That's just That's insane. With live views, yeah, live plus, DVRs, and across the web as well. You know, it's interesting. I've noticed kind of a trend lately when it comes to television and kind of the way that um, live viewing television is kind of marketed now uh, is that they want to kind of make it a family experience. And one thing that we've seen thus far with The Flash especially kind of in contrast to Arrow is it is very much, you know, I can, I can watch it. And if my daughter runs in the room, I don't have to, you know, be worried that something's going to happen that she shouldn't see. Yeah. Um, It's, it's really, I mean, it's kind of refreshing, which is kind of, again, very polar opposite. When she ran into the room before, when I was watching Arrow, it was right after Sarah was like being brought in with, I guess, spoilers for Arrow, but the, you know, arrows shot in her chest and, and I was like, oh, honey, look at me. Look at daddy. You know, <laughs> don't look at the TV. So I, I love that about Flash. Yeah, it's more lighthearted than Arrow for sure. Absolutely. So B, what, uh, you know, like we said, with flashfans.org, you definitely have your pulse on what's going on. What, what overall, what are you kind of thinking about the show and, and just kind of what we've seen thus far and uh, both on screen and off? It's definitely one of the best shows I've seen on TV. And uh, I'm really enjoying running flashfans.org they give me a lot to blog about basically yeah yeah it's helpful yeah that's huge so tell us i mean do you uh do you anticipate some announcements coming out pretty soon or or you know what with kind of the pieces that are being laid out what what do you kind of see on the horizon there'll be i think there'll be more rogues coming up oh yes well i wouldn't like to say for definite that's gonna happen anytime immediately but we will get more rogues. So what do you think about the uh, the kind of half rogue that we got with Clyde Martin? I mean, of course, you know, Chad Rook did an amazing job at giving, you know, this kind of new take on Weather Wizard. Do you think that we'll see a return of Clyde? Do you think he's dead? Or do you think that it'll just be Mark looking out for vengeance instead of kind of a, a dual Weather Wizards? I'd like to see Clyde come back just because that would be quite interesting if Mark is there there. And then Clyde comes along as well. We'd have two weather wizards. Yeah, it'd be insane. That would be that. Oh, I can't even put into words how insane that would be. <laughs> yeah, that like would really going up against each other. Oh, I can make a bit of bigger tornado than you can. Yeah. Well, they they would just have W like one W on each of their outfits. So when they're together, you know, weather wizards. <laughs> w, yeah. That's a great idea. Like the, um, they have to be together for it to work. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, like they're the Wonder Twins, the Weather Wizard, the Weather Twins, <laughs> the Weather yeah. Twins. I love it. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, um, Chad, who portrayed uh, Clyde Martin, was uh, a guest of the show and a friend of the show. Um, he actually, you know, we've mentioned this in these last couple of episodes. He autographed a couple of uh, comic book pages for us that we've been giving away every single week these last two weeks. This week is the final week of the giveaway, and uh, I thought I, it would make some sense. If uh, B, would you be the drum roll for us this this time? <laughs> I can actually do a drum roll that isn't drum 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 drum. Uh. <laughs> right, I need to close my laptop a little bit because I've got a drum on the laptop. All right, that'll work. That'll work. Ready? Do it. And the winner is for the final Chad Rook autographed giveaway, Wheels of Joy on Twitter. Yay! <laughs> so congratulations, Wheels of Joy. We'll be contacting you to uh, get you hooked up with this autographed uh, comic book panel. Again, special thanks to friend of the, ch- the show, Chad Rook, who has just been so awesome to us and to the fan community at large. Uh, really uh, hope to see a return of Martin. So, uh, yeah, that, uh, and that's all I'll say about that for now. B, thank you so much for joining us. Any other any kind of final thoughts before we let you go? Yes, the Flash premiered in the UK on Tuesday night. Uh, 630,000 viewers tuned in, which is well above the average for that channel and that time slot. Man, that's that's awesome. And what we have to bear in mind with the UK channel is that it's a um, channel you have to subscribe to, so not everyone gets it. It's been 
really, really, I mean, I, I got to say it, it's been somewhat surprising to me almost just the huge international support there is for this show. And what I mean by that is that The Flash is not traditionally like a Superman, thus, you know, that that kind of heavy, well-known. Um, but to see just everybody gravitating and getting, you know, you got Flash fans in, in Spain, all over Europe, yeah. uh, in yeah. Australia, in Africa. We've, we've been getting tweets in from just all over the country. Or, I'm yeah. sorry, all over the world. And it's just, it's awesome to see. It is amazing how, how far this has spread. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, B, thank you so much for joining us tonight. No problem. Hey, guys, this is Chad Rogan, and you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, man, we got some listener feedback big time this week. Um, we got, go ahead and read that first one, if you will, from Chris. All righty. Hey, Bone Bell, it's me, Chris Guziak, or at the Flash 2014 on Twitter. Just wanted to run uh, run by you a small theory on what Wells might be doing. I think that Wells is simply building Barry up with all the motivational speeches so that when uh, he will continue to better himself, but also so that he will become uh, overconfident and cocky. Uh, Barry will become so cocky, in fact, that he will start to feel like nothing can beat him, and that is when Wells will reveal his true identity as Eobard Thawne and the reverse Flash, and as seen in the leaked photos, will beat Barry to a pulp. Like I said, just a theory, plus it would be an excellent way uh, to end the mid-season finale and to wonder how Barry is going to bounce back. Uh, so what do you guys think? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Chris, we really appreciate the feedback. Uh, great thoughts. I think that there might be something to that, except for, you know, from what we've seen of H.G. Wells, especially this episode, with him being almost obsessive in wanting to protect Barry, I, I still see him actually not really having, I mean, hmm. I don't think that he has kind of an evil motivation at this point. I think that he's going to get there because obviously he's psychotic. Uh, and I don't know that the leaked photos that you're referring to, I don't know that that's Tom Kavanaugh in those pictures. I don't know who it is. I don't think it's Eddie either, but I, I don't think that that's him. I could be wrong. It looks like Johnny Knoxville to me. John, uh-huh. Like there's a one photo where he, uh, where reverse flash has got like his foot up in the air, like he's kind of kicking or something like that. And just the way his mouth looks, it looks like Johnny Knoxville. Well, Chris points out too. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely a stunt guy, but what, I guess what I'm saying is even with it, it being a stunt guy, I, I just don't think that it is connected to HG Wells. I, 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 a lot of people are saying that and I see where they're coming from, but I just have a feeling that this is going to be a reveal that's going to come really, really late either this season or probably even next season. So we'll see. If anything, it could be him from a different timeline. That's possible. Could be Eobard from a different timeline. And that's, I mean, it very well may be. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know because didn't didn't Reverse Flash, I mean, wasn't his whole thing he was obsessed with the Flash and then found out that he became one of the villains and that's what turned him into a villain, like a weird time paradox conundrum thing? Yeah, but it gets messy because then you have him coming back. He comes back in time and then he goes to another time. Wait, no, no, no. He comes back in time and to a timeline where he himself had already died in the past. Uh, but yes, the return of Barry Allen, excellent storyline. I'm sorry that I blanked on it there for a minute, but um, yeah, in that it, you kind of get to see Eobard come back in time, and then he ends up going, uh, leaving the time stream, and so all that to say, it gets kind of wonky, man. It's it's all over the place. Uh, okay, interesting. Um, also, we got some feedback uh, from Creator, who wrote in last week from Germany. He says that uh, first of all, that yes, Creator is his name, as in the creator of a TV show or of chocolate cake or even the entire multiverse. Ooh. Yes, and the reason that his name is Creator is because it's actually a direct translation of his real name, which is kind of that's cool. cool. Yeah, um, he brings uh, forth a really you know great observation that we have yet to talk about, which is that in the Central City Police. Uh, station, there's an emblem that says truth, liberty, justice, and has seven of the Greek gods on it, uh, specifically Hephaestus, Hermes, Hera, Zeus, Hades, Apollo, Poseidon. Uh, and basically what he does is he breaks down um, who these are kind of a nod to, because if you look specifically, Hermes is wearing the Jay Garrick flash helmet. I remember looking at this the other day. I was, I was looking at a still photo of that. Yeah. And, uh, I saw, yeah, I saw the Greek gods and I was like, that's neat. But I, I didn't look at it in this 
depth, I guess you could say. So I'm really kind of excited to see this. <laughs> well, and it's great because he actually breaks it down. Hermes is the Flash. Hera is a nod to Wonder Woman. Now, he says Zeus is a nod to Superman. However, I would actually say that Zeus is a nod to Shazam. Uh, Hades is a nod to Batman. Apollo, he couldn't quite figure out. Uh, maybe Green Lantern, but I, I would actually say Apollo is actually more of a nod to Superman. And Poseidon, of course, Aquaman and Hephaestus is actually uh, not the cyborg, which I think is a really cool, uh, cool thought there. Um, but a lot of people want to put Superman in that Zeus role because Zeus is, of course, the leader. But when we're talking about kind of purely analogs to these characters, I mean, you know, Shazam actually has the power of Zeus. So that would be the direct one. And then, of course, Apollo being the god of the sun, Superman getting his power directly from the sun. Uh, well, I Apollo also was was an archer. Was Apollo an archer as well? Yeah, yeah. Apollo was an archer, hence the uh, the tie-in with uh, Green Arrow. Okay, I can kind of see that. I can kind of see that, but but still, I don't know. I, whenever I whenever I associate Apollo, just being that the sun thing is so prominent, uh, I always kind of go directly to Superman. But um, I, I can All see he that. Did was just drive a chariot with the sun attached to it across the sky. Uh, yeah, and if he didn't, there would be like eternal night. Well, or, or I, I don't know, maybe you could just like, you know, shoot it up there with an arrow or something. How about that? <laughs> hey, uh, so the sun is now replaced with a flaming arrow? Uh, something like that. Okay. Well, fair yeah. enough. Um, anyway, creators, it uh, sends us a lot of great thoughts in, the, in a long email, but it's, it's kind of, we're running late tonight, so we're not going to be able to get to everything. But really appreciate it, creator. You definitely... Uh, definitely send us more than 140 characters. So we, we definitely feel the love for the show. So thank <laughs> yeah, you for keeping that. us honest, man. And, and, uh, and uh, opening our eyes to some pretty interesting stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, if you want to keep up with us, you can always follow us on Twitter. We're at Flash TV Talk. And if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. And also check out our parent show panel to screen where this week we talk about all of the new Marvel movies that are coming out this Dude, week. Dude, I cannot wait. And of course, you know, we do broadcast live every single Wednesday night, Flash TV Talk. And Thursday nights, we broadcast live uh, every single Thursday. We broadcast live panel to screen. So if you want to tune in Thursday night, that's tomorrow night, and, uh, and join us because we are going to be geeking out hardcore on that Marvel news. Yeah, this has been a great week for Flash and Panel to Screen because this is probably the best episode of Flash we've gotten so far. And the Marvel news that came out, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we had fun with DC. We are going to like go crazy with Marvel. That's going to be awesome. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a Marvel person. Like Now is my time to shine. Oh, it's going to be a blast, man. We want to send special thanks, of course, to our boy Mike H. Schmidt for providing our outro music. Find more about his music at SoundCloud.com slash Mike H. Schmidt. His entire Flash rock opera is there, and you're going to want to see that. Or actually, I guess, hear that. Also, special thanks to Wu Kim, who helps prepare our show notes every single week. You guys are part of our Flash fan, Flash TV Talk family, and we could not do it without you. So stick around after the outro music for spoilers on next week's episode. But if you don't want to be spoiled, don't worry. We'll be back in a flash. Episode five coming up. We've got uh, Plastique is the name of the episode. Uh, it's going to guest star Clancy Brown as General Wade Eiling. And then, of course, uh, Kelly Fry as Plastique. Uh, Clancy Brown will be playing uh, General Wade Eiling, also known as the General. Uh, THR describes him as the head of a Black Ops Army team pursuing Plastique in the hopes of using her as a human weapon. Uh, described as tall and imposing man with a face carved from years of duty, Eiling is fanatically intent on protecting American interests around the world and may have ties to a central Flash character. This Plastique is going to be a bomb disposal expert in Iraq who, following an exposure to the energy released at Star Labs, at the Star Labs meltdown, Betty now has the ability to turn any object she touches into an explosive device. Um, I'm interested to see what this means, Matt. If this means, like, was she present at in Central City during the explosion, or is it just when the explosion happened, it released this energy that kind of flew out all over the planet? Well, yeah, there, there's big implications here. So if she was in Central City, then we still can kind of assume that Central City is the, uh, uh, the nexus of this you know, metahuman creation center, right? Right. And and that there's no one outside of Central City who's going to have metahuman powers. But if she was in Iraq when the explosion happened and still somehow managed to get powers, 
that opens a huge door. I like that too, because one thing that we see a lot of in the DC universe is kind of the concept of a metagene that people, you know, have kind of these latent powers that just need something to activate them. And so if, if it can affect anybody anywhere, if just kind of the idea is that this energy has been released into the world that is kind of dispersed, um, and, and even if it can be kind of dispersed, not necessarily just because it's or at the time of this event, but afterwards, that would be great because, you know, over on Arrow, we've got uh, Dinah Laurel Lance, or I guess Laurel Dinah, I forget what the order, but regardless, we've got a Laurel Lance who is on her way to becoming the Black Canary, and she is missing one very important item, and that's the Canary Call, and that's tied to a metagene within her. And so it'd be awesome if because of, you know, if, 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 because of the energies released, if they can kind of have this effect beyond just this one moment and this one place, that she might be able to unlock that metagene and become, you know, Black Canary. Now, that's obviously just a theory that, you know, that, that doesn't really even qualify as spoiler because that's just me throwing it out based on what this could mean with Plastique. Yeah, this opens the door to a lot of very interesting possibilities next episode, depending on how they do this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, this episode comes out November 11th, so we got a bit of a break, which means uh, I don't guess you'll be hearing from us. We, let's take Is a, it a mid-season hiatus or something? No, I mean, it's just, you know, they just have a break in between. They kind of disperse some things out. I mean, it's only it's only like a week, if I'm not mistaken. November 11th is the next episode. So we'll be back after, uh, after the airing of this particular episode on November 11th. Of course, look for us to be live tweeting it as we do with hashtag Flash TV Talk. And, uh, and we will be having some fun with that. So for more Flashtastic awesomeness, tune in next week to Flash TV Talk. Flashtastic outro, copyright Matt SC.